preacher When the story began Of the choice of a lady And the love of a man I loved her so dearly He went out of his mind When she left him for someone That she left behind Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. And I am Scott, your usual host. And it's, it's going to be a big, like extra stuffed issue of uh, Weekly Heroics, because we've got uh, more than our usual talkers. Some, we just uh, recently did my first solo podcast, um, but uh, Pat is back. Yeah, well, he was back last week, too, but we've also got the Hughes, who are uh, usual contributors occasionally to the show. Usually, the usually, oca- usually occasionally. <laughs> the <yeah. band. laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, you know, we're here. We wanted to be here other times, but uh, life was just a little too life made us their bitch. Yes, yeah, life made us its bitch. It yeah. does. It's been a well, been a busy summer, you know, over here too, and scheduling just gets, you know, when you're adulting, scheduling is, is hard to do sometimes. But that's we keep bringing them to you, you know, in whatever fashion we can, and so it's good to have a some other. Uh, I'm calling this one just group therapy. And why did I just do that? I just, I'm messing around my fucking recap here. And I just outlined. I don't even know you could do that. Like do the, uh, the magic marker highlight of your shit. As long as you don't stop your recorder. That's 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 the important thing. That happens occasionally. Luckily we've got laugh track, you know, over here. Corralling, (laughs) corralling the demon kitty. He's getting a very thorough face looking right now. It's the, uh, the epic DuckTales podcast that I did with Aaron Henley that was two hours and 45 minutes long. Yeah, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to... I seem to remember doing a very long Justice League with them, too, that never came out. That happens. Uh, But this one will get out. (laughs) We we did that one um, about uh, land gaming... You know, for the no consoles and never saw the light of day on oh, that one. Oh, that's right, yeah. I forgot all about that. I, I still got the recording. I may look in there to see if I can <laughs> find something to, to pull out of that because there was some fun in there, good conversation. I know, there. man. I apologize. I just kind of abandoned that one too. And just. Uh... But but what are we here now? I, I have a question here. Mm-hmm. This is Weekly Heroics, right? Yep. Who the hell's the hero? Who is he or where is he? <laughs> Who is the hero? The, the, the hero is uh, was Binstorm, but, you know, um, it's the hero is whoever shows up and talks about this shit. Now, this, an- yeah, anti- <laughs> anti-weekly heroics or weekly anti-heroics at this point. Um, but we just did Legion 2 and we're not too sure there was a hero in that one either, so. Maybe yeah. Professor X at yeah. the end of the thing, but. It's the dark and gritty heroics now. Yes. This, that's our main focus these days. I, I couldn't stay focused on that one on Legion. I couldn't. No. I couldn't stay into it. I think that was the whole point: is not being able to focus on anything. <laughs> so you have to enjoy not being focused to enjoy that show. Well, I'll tell you this: is that you know, in watching the shows that we've been trying to watch over the last couple of months, uh, I, I run into the the same problem, and is that I keep falling asleep while watching stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not falling asleep during Preacher. 
And it's yeah. just balls out nuts, you know? <laughs> this has been the best season of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. By far. By far. I, I, I get the feeling of the last season of Babylon 5. I get the same feeling out of this I'm getting out of that, that I got out of that, where it just was – there was so much crammed into it to get it to the end of the story. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. But they're also like they're, – they're being very generous with like the uh, the references and stuff too. So, yeah, they are kind of stuff – probably a little – we were talking about this last episode, you know, that maybe when it's looked back on there, people are going to say, well, you maybe shouldn't have – you know, spent the whole first season in, in Anvil and should have got the story rolling a little quicker. But looks like they're yeah. still going to get to where they need to. So that's that's all right. And they're, yeah, this 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 whole episode, we're covering uh, season four, episode eight, and it's called Fear of the Lord. And it's more like fear of bad things that can happen to your body is what it really should have been called. <laughs> oh, my God, I've. You know, I'm an old vet with horror movies and obviously zombie stuff and, you know, sick, uh, sick things that make me question whether I, I am a bad person for watching them. But this one really, as I said, call, calling Dr. Cronenberg, calling Dr. Cronenberg, um, <laughs> I should have had him doing some of these, although they would have been <laughs> 10 times worse than they already were. So maybe it's not a bad thing. So let's dive into this mess, and, and we'll, we're right. doing group therapy, and we'll get through it together. But I may still vomit. I'm just warning everyone. Gabe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you still there, Beth? Oh, she got muted. Yes, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, if anyone could mute uh, while they're not speaking, that would be awesome, too, because I've got some heavy breathers. Not that I'm not into that kind of thing. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it's just hard to edit out when y'all are one, on one side of the track and I'm on the other one. But have at well, it, Mister. I usually mute because I bait. Yeah, thanks, Darth. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It just spikes out of my editor. And I find your lack of pants disturbing. <laughs> All right, ready, Mister Dumbork, kick us off here. Yes. In their out back home, the Chunt brothers work on something and figure that it's ready. They confirm that the spigot they use to replace Star's genitals works, and Star deals with the pain by hallucinating his childhood in 1979. Now, I choose to imagine that he, he looked like an old man when he was a little boy. Well, of but, course, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1979, <laughs> Star wins... Isn't it Little Mr. Dusseldorf? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the just, Little Mr. Dusseldorf. Because we're originally meant to <laughs> yeah. think that it's it's one of the younger kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the younger, yeah, when yeah, the Little Mr. Dusseldorf award, the younger contestants glare at him. Afterward, in the bathroom, Star looks at himself in the mirror and promises himself he'll always be happy. The other children barge in, and their leader, Dieter, tells the others to get Star. They grab him and beat him up, and then Dieter takes a knife to Star's eye. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a beautiful scene um, to be sure. We'll always have stars in his eyes. Yes, exactly. There, good catch. <laughs> yeah. And of course, then we get the big placard that says "Now," and Star wakes up and moans the loss of his right eye. Well, hold that thought there, Klaus. The, the chunts, which is a, a cut right from the comics. This whole scene is like basically right from the comics. You don't have to talk about it. But they assure them he had a bad dream after their procedure. And who wouldn't? The spigot. Although there's other procedures. And tell them they couldn't save his uh, his hair Johnson. 
Um, Star asks for their names, and their leader, Carl, introduces his brothers, Ernie and Cyrus, I guess. I didn't think their names were that intelligible, actually, but he breaks into tears and says that it's been a long time since someone has shown shown him kindness. Star realizes, after sampling some of the food they're giving him, you know, this delicious stew that they're feeding him, uh, Star realizes that his right leg is missing beneath the knee and that the chunts cut it off and are eating it with him. They point out that they served him for... They point out that they, you know, served him his own leg, you know, and that's a good thing. And Star tells him to stop. He explains that his location has been broadcast by subdural transmitter and the world's most lethal (laughs) operatives are heading there to rescue him and kill the chunts. The chunts have no idea what he means and figure that his blood pressure is up and advance on him with a buzzsaw to reduce it. And, of course, uh, Featherstone arrives with this uh, squad of Grail operatives and kills the chunts, and Star breaks into tears again, and she carries Star to the waiting hospital. Or, uh, yeah, helicopter. Were you thinking tainted meat at any point during this Well, of course, yeah. I'm I'm glad. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm glad you guys are on the show because it bears repeating that. I think think Mr. Kirkman probably borrowed this inspiration off of uh, Mr. Ennis. Um, for that particular scene in the comics and obviously the show, but yeah, this this was tainted meat before tainted meat, and because uh, yeah, the the, gr- the grease underneath it that he's eating it, it's just like yellow. And, oh, oh, yeah. oh, it's just disgusting. Oh, and it just gets worse from here, kids. Yeah, one thing this got me thinking. I'm like. Uh, Garth Ennis is far too much cannibalism shit in his in his works, and there's something going on in that boy's head. Um, did a whole series called Just a Pilgrim that spoilers has some cannibalism in it, um, and obviously this and yeah. So <laughs> I don't remember if there was any in the boys yet, but I'm sure there is somewhere. So I think we're seeing a pattern here. But yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Robert Kirkman, quote unquote, borrowed. Some inspiration for uh for the barbecue from this one. So, <laughs> uh, yep, you're up, Pat. All right, Jesse and Fiora look at the throne of God, and then Jesse walks away. The angel asks if he's going to stick with God after all that he has done, and Jesse says that he is, and figures he'll go back to hell and watch his father get killed over and over, and he's used to it. Fiora tells him that part is over. Back in his cell. Jesse has killer ants inserted up his rectum, and he's got a, a nice uh, spiked collar on, so he can't yeah. fidget too much. Yeah. Tulip and Cassidy drive through a storm. Humperdoo is in the back seat. They stop, dump Humperdoo on the ground. Tulip prepares to shoot him. Tulip wants to see God see them kill Humperdoo and yells at God to face them. God doesn't appear, but Tulip figures that God will eventually make his move, and they'll stay there until he does. And of course, Cassidy, always the pragmatist, is like, God can see us anyway, girl. You know, what are we waiting for here? He's like, nope, it's got to be here, right in person. So three months later, Cassidy and Tulip are set up in an abandoned farmhouse. God still ain't showed up, apparently, because um, Cassidy and Humperdew arrive with firewood. And Tulip confirms that Humperdew is still wearing the explosive she rigged him with. And she tells they've they've got this all worked out for when God finally does show up. She tells Humperdue that he's going to the moon, and he runs out excited and gets into his refrigerator. God doesn't appear, and Cassidy admits that Humperdue cracks him up and kind of you know growing on him. And uh, that, that fridge was that the Indiana Jones model? Yeah, it might be. Um, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> the Tulip admits that Humperdoo is adorable too, but figures that since Humperdoo is the only thing that God cares about, they still have to kill him. She tells Cassidy to remember why uh, they're there and gives him the detonator. Cassidy brought home fresh batteries too, if I'm not, if I remember correctly. So good for him. Yeah, his pockets are loaded with batteries. Yeah. <laughs> thing doesn't go off on the first try. Yeah. Meanwhile, in hell, Jesse is now on fire in his cell. You're up, Pat. <laughs> At Masada, Jesus and Hitler meet, and Jesus worries that he's overstepping. Hitler tells him there comes a time in life when they have to do the right thing. Jesus worries they're doing the wrong thing. Hitler says they're on the same page. Star hobbles in on his new artificial leg and sits down. <laughs> And Hitler offers his condolences on Humperdoo's death. The Allfather says that he knew it was just a clone of the real Humperdoo, who they can't find. He figures that it's over because they don't have a messiah. And Hitler points out they have Jesus, the original messiah. Star points out they wouldn't be in this mess if Jesus hadn't slept with a married woman. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus insists it was one time, 2,000 years ago. Let it go, guys. 2,000 years ago. And he's like, and she I want the last two thousand years back. Yeah, and she <laughs> wasn't a whore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the, and then it's Run DMC's dance. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get that, that song so in here. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's so tight. Here we go. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Hitler has Jesus demonstrate his dancing skills. Star tells them it is God chose Humperdoo rather than Jesus. Yeah, I mean he really he really you know nails home the point. You know, no, you were you were forsaken by your father. Yeah, yeah. Like he do, he does not want you. So the break dancing was a nice nice touch. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and he can he can tot- he can actually spin on his head. Like, yeah, or whatever stunt person was doing that for the actor could. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, I think the idea was this with the hat and all. Yeah. G- well, Jesus could do that. Well, oh sure, you know, he yeah, levitate, he, can, he can just he can just get on his head and spin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he can walk on water, why not? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to a house and bust her out. I had to leave. So Tulip and Cassidy uh, go out into the forest to look for Humperdoo, who escaped when Cassidy had to take a leak, and they find Humperdoo petting two deer. Cassidy calls him over and, you know, says, and now we have to check for ticks, man, you know. Uh, after a moment, Tulip follows them back to the house. Uh, naked Star, wearing his Mr. Dusseldorf uh, sash, drinks and looks at himself in a mirror, <laughs> just pathetic scene and gets up on the conference table and attempts to hang himself with his sash and the wires from his nipples of course catch on the sash and it breaks and his nipples rip off with some of the grossest sound Mm -hmm. design i've ever heard in my life uh when star falls me and tina were like literally screaming out loud you know just no make it stop even though you kind of saw it coming 
I just held my boobs. That's all I can <laughs> I can do. imagine, yeah. <laughs> Beth says she held her boobs and it happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got that. In, in all fairness, I held her boobs too. <laughs> good, good looking out. <laughs> but, yeah. So when Star falls, yes, the weight pulls his nipples off. God appears and says he thought Star wanted to be beautiful again. Star says he can't find Humperdue, and God says Star never asked him. He knows where he is. Uh, God tells him to bring Humperdue home, and he'll get his looks back. So again, God, you're an asshole. Apparently, <laughs> I don't think you can actually tear your nipples off that way. I no, but you know, yeah, that, that's your skin. Yeah, your skin. Is, unless <laughs> unless you got a real nasty skin condition, which it's very entirely possible he does. Yeah. Scott, yeah, Scott, I want you to pay careful attention here. This is Patrick telling you this, not me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, usually the the weird detail man when we it is a uh, things, but uh, well, it's, it's a, legi- a, it's a legitimate, yeah, it's a legitimate a... kink to be hung by the you know it the, is yeah you know just by your skin and that does yeah but now you can you know if you you know friction can definitely uh, remove a nipple like if you. You know, slipped and scraped yourself real good, but happened to a buddy of mine. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to compose myself over here. Yeah. This goes a skateboarding accident. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck you, oh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. <laughs> fuck you, you sick no. fucking bastard. But no, man. Many otherwise normal people enjoy uh, controlled suspension by uh, that appendage. So yeah, and I don't drink with those people. So <laughs> like, well, you know, David Carradine's gone anyway. Oh no. yeah. <laughs> hey, here's some of the fine stuff you'll learn on uh, the Weekly Heroics podcast, folks. A, a spirited discussion on whether you can actually rip your whole nipple off or not. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay. Jesse (laughs) sits in a barrel filled with rats and hears gunshots outside. The barrel falls over and breaks open, spilling Jesse out on the floor. The saint is standing in the cell's doorway. Once the saint escapes hell with Jesse, they make camp for the night. He offers a flask of whiskey to Jesse, and after a moment, Jesse takes it and thanks his rescuer. The saint asks him what Jesse thinks now about God and talks about the story of a general who got caught reading his map sideways. A colonel asked the general what to do, and the general said they were going to march up the hill. The colonel realized the general was reading the map sideways, but followed the general's orders and sent his men into a slaughter. The saint explains that he was the general, and Jesse hears a horse whinnying nearby. Men scream, and Jesse wonders where the saint got his horse. More people scream, and the saint says that's what's coming because of Jesse and his refusal to sit on the throne. So this was never the saint. No, no. That's the big thing. He was, Jesse says the, the saint was talking too much. And this is the second parable in as many episodes we've gotten. This Cassidy did this in the episode before this in the synagogue, mm-hmm. where he tells a story just about how everything is futile. And now we've had the second parable about, yeah, everything is just futile. Yeah. Which you know, um, yeah. if if you everything is, if you kind of believe in the predetermination aspect of of Christianity and such, but luckily I don't. So you know, sun might not come up tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, anyway, 
Jesse finds himself back in the throne room. Fjord tells him that there's... I'm still, like, not over the nipple thing, so I'm, I'm a little scattered. Jesse finds him just even talking about it again. I, I could not rewatch this episode. <laughs> Jesse finds himself back in the throne room. Uh, Fjord tells him that there's only one way out, and Jesse figures that God is testing his faith still, and he insists that there must be more, and Fjord tells him that there's more torture in Jesse's future. Jesse tells Fiora what he has to do, and Fiora tells hell, the Hell Soldiers to put Jesse on the throne. <laughs> just like, just fucking drag him up there. They drag him to the throne and force him to sit down. And um, all of a sudden, God tells Jesse to dig, and Jesse digs himself out of his outback grave. Star Lara and uh, the Grail operatives uh, drop down, and Lara tells the others that they're sitting down to eat. I'm not even sure what that means, but it was in the recap that I copied. Next. All right. In the farmhouse, Tulip serves Cassidy and Humperdew dinner. Cassidy assures Tulip the meal she cooked is good, uh, burgers and blueberries, apparently. And Tulip smiles at Humperdew as he eats her hamburger. And she had been known as a cook before on the show. I forgot about this. No, she's been known as a very bad cook, remember? Yeah, Yeah. she was always making... Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know Jesse peanut butter pot roast and stuff. Right, so that's when you know yeah. Cassidy's yeah. like, you know, Humperdinck loves it, and Cassidy's yeah. like trying to keep it down. You don't think anything's up yet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he projectile vomits, and Cassidy does the same. Tulip sees a sonic nauseator set up outside aimed at the house and tells <laughs> Humperdinck that it's time to go to the moon. Humperdinck runs to the door. Laura and the operatives break in. Tulip collapses, vomiting and Laura pistol whips her, asking if she can have permission from Star to finally shoot her. Uh, Cassidy slips in Tulip's vomit and the operatives beat him. Star asks where Humperdew is and the operatives report by radio that they've acquired the target. And, is there uh, just a rule that when people in, in these kinds of things eat blueberries they have to vomit? Well, only if you've uh, seen Stand By Me, like Seth Rogen obviously has. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yes, exactly. Boom, ba ba boom. Uh, or Meaning of Life, you know, is uh, definitely a cross between Mr. Kratzo and the uh, the. Well, it wasn't contest. the last thin mint. Yeah. <laughs> well, I seem to remember when, when Cassidy slipped. That was very uh, Mr. You know, Meaning of Life, because I think one of the, the waiters slipped in the pilot, you know, vomit at one point um, in that scene. So, yeah, it was like, uh, you know, they were sitting around the writer's room and. They'd be like, oh, we have a little surplus uh, budget, you know, this week for special effects. You know, which one, which episode should we really just shove it right in their faces with, with the gross effects? And they're like, you know, just threw a dart. At, okay, episode eight, why not? And that's you what we really got. You really think it's going to end here? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, it's, I, I'm hoping it doesn't. This this show is testing the limits of my constitution. And I said, I thought I was a veteran for all this gross shit, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Getting old. I mean, there old. were chunks hanging off of their shirt. Yeah. It oh, yeah. Disgusting. Gotta have the chunks. Any good movie you know, puke has chunks. Oh. Blueberry chunks. Cortina's gonna just club me to death over here in a minute. For some reason, she's listening to this horror. She's corralling the kitty. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tulip tells Cassidy to activate the... See, I don't even remember the rest of the show, because by this point, my brain just shut down to defend itself. Um, Tulip tells Cassidy to activate the detonator, 
And that's where it would Cassidy refuses and Cass says he's not going to kill Humperdue, but when he refuses, uh, she puts an axe in his chest. Little shining stuff going on there in my head. Uh, she goes to the window and sees the operatives fastening straps from their helicopter to Humperdue's refrigerator. Humperdue still stares at her and says, to the moon. Tulip throws the trigger on the detonator, but nothing happens. She goes to Cass and apologizes about the axe. Cassidy says, it's all right, uh, but what do they do now? Tulip figures that they have to rescue Humperdue. Cassidy wonders if it's up to, you know, to save him or to kill him, and she doesn't respond, and a few minutes later, they drive off. That was a really funny scene that the yeah. recap doesn't do it justice. Right. She throws the axe in his chest because he's like, what are you going to do? I'm a vampire. Right, yeah. And yeah. then, it's, and then when, 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 when she it's apologizes, like, he goes, it's okay, I was mansplaining a little bit. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I know you're a good fighter, last, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was mansplaining a bit. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> Did she hit the detonator button, though? Yeah, yeah, I just said that. She For sure, it, okay. And it didn't work. For sure yeah. she hit it? Okay. Yeah. I thought she had it, looked at it, and then didn't push it. For so I guess we're thinking maybe Cassie was putting, you know, bad batteries in it. You know, Could be. Yeah. I put out the theory last time that you you can't kill Humperdue. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. All right. Jesse walks down an outback road and sees God's RV driving toward him. He waves it down, unaware of who it belongs to, and God pulls over and gets out. God says that it's really him, and he brought Jesse back. Jesse explains that they did everything they could to make him give in, but he refused the throne. God hugs him, and Jesse figures out that his life was a test, and he passed, and God doesn't have to destroy the world. When God tells Jesse he came so close, Jesse wonders what he means and insists that he didn't forsake him. God says that he wanted to and sinned in his heart and announces that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He explains that he gave mankind free will and their choices and consequences are their own. This is what every Catholic kid thinks will happen. Right. Yeah. Exactly this thing. Yep. So angry, Jesse. Except, except for Father Guido Sarducci, <laughs> right? Who's going to be thirty-two cents short? Yeah, yeah, right. The wages of sin. Yep, That's a great bit. Um, I actually knew his godson, believe it or not. Oh, turned out to be a real asshole. Uh, so, angry, Jesse tells God that he uh, made them the way that they are. Uh, God says that a little thanks would be nice, and Jesse recites all the ills that play plague the world. God grabs Jesse by the throat and asks if Jesse's father raised him to look God in the eye and, and talk such ways. And God bites out Jesse's eye, shoves him to the ground, spits out the eye, says the humanity's creation has had a nice run. But uh, Jesse still has a little part to play before it's all done. You'll see him at the apocalypse and reminds him to bring his friends. After he brings Humperdue back, God restores Star's beauty uh, at Masada and Star takes... <clears throat> Humperdue to the stage as his operatives cheer, and he says that their Messiah has returned. Tells them the apocalypse now has an air date. <laughs> it's basically he's announcing the apocalypse is, and someone from the crowd's like, has an air date? He's like, yes, it has an air date. And Jesus and Hitler half-heartedly applaud and look ner- nervously at each other. Please tell me Idris Elba's going to guest star in one of the next few episodes. <laughs> that would be awesome. Sure. <laughs> Just so someone could say we're canceling the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're up oh, next. was he on, um, what's it called? Uh, Pacific, Pacific Rim. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. see, I still haven't watched it because I want to see that in the, on the big screen, and I missed it when it was in the theater. Oh, yeah. So I will not see it until it comes. I mean, <laughs> I live in a place where movies come back the to the first theater one? No, first I didn't yeah, see was... either either one of them because I missed the first one when it was in theaters, and I want to see it on the big screen. The kaiju. Yeah, it was fun. That's fun. Yeah, it'll happen. You saw it in IMAX 3D, man. Yeah, that Perfect. was an experience. I saw the new Godzilla in IMAX, which was incredible. Cool. Okay. At what's left for the Holy Bar and Grill. Tulip prepares guns and smokes a cigarette. Cassidy comes in and sits by the bed with her, figuring that all, they all have to die sometime. Vampire tells her a joke, and Tulip kisses him. After a moment, Cassidy kisses her back, and they fall into bed. In prison, two men tell a guitar player he isn't showing proper respect and stab him. After they leave, Eugene comes over, looks at the dead guitarist. He picks up the car and experimentally plays it. Which is a little call-out to the comics, too, if I remember correctly. Uh, Eugene became like a rock star for a few issues, at least. Um, or at least was playing some music. So I think that's probably all we'll get of Eugene playing the guitar in this show. But Yeah, I think he's going to be the <laughs> guitar player with Mystique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't he play the guitar before and sing before, like, in they showed a short... With him in like a chair? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, he was playing the guitar then and was able to sing. Oh, okay, yeah. Before well, the, his mouth ended up looking like an ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the only scene that came to my mind, my, my, I mean, this scene would have been more perfect if the guy was singing, I gave my love a chicken that had no bone. <laughs> and someone that and looks like John that. Belushi comes yeah. in. And, sorry. Stabs him and just says sorry. Really. <laughs> um, so to wrap up, after sex, Tulip looks at Cassidy and asks if everything is okay. And he smiles at her. She goes to the bathroom. And there's a knock at the door. And Cassidy answers it. And it's a one-eyed Jesse. Tulip comes out of the bathroom. And Jesse goes to her saying that he's back. And Tulip hugs him. And Cassidy watches uh, from the sidelines, you know, with a very sad look on his face, obviously. Sad, but happy. And he, you know, he knows the uh, the main dude's back. And his little uh, affair with Tulip is probably over. <laughs> and that's all she wrote on the grossest hour of television I think I've ever watched in my freaking life. Um, so well done there, preacher people. <laughs> I dare you to do better. I dare you. <laughs> Because um, I think Happy's pretty damn gross too. Well, yeah, good point. Yeah, I didn't moment. even think of that, but um, yeah, they just yeah, it does. You're right, Beth. They uh, they run equally close. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently the thing now that you know you can still you know uh, I don't. It's just all shows are like trying to outdo themselves with with all this stuff. I need to try Happy again. We we never got around to. I'm waiting for the second season to come on Netflix so we can like zip through it because we we watched the first one, binge the first season pretty. Oh, is it on Netflix now? Well, the first season is, and I, I'm assuming like maybe I gotta go. Watch they usually Netflix. pop up the next season eventually, like when when they're about I, to yeah, start. Yeah, I paid for episode season. one on Amazon. Yeah, and I couldn't help but watch some of the second season episodes because Beth was watching them and just 
Oh my god, that was so messed up, but I didn't realize it was a lot of the same writers, so... Well, we watched, a, like, the first episode of the second season, just haven't even had time to get around to more of them yet, so... Oh, but they had me at Exploding God. Nuns, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not leaving happy anytime soon. You always get me at Exploding Nuns. I loved nuns. the comic. Loved the comic. Yeah, never yeah. got around to that. Said I, I'm, because I wasn't a Morrison guy, I was an Ennis guy, because he's kind of the OG of this gross shit, so I'm sticking with Garth. Uh, <laughs> you are in for a damn treat. Go, go. Nice, nice. I'm growing warmer to, to Morrison because he's, I said, I, I still think he's kind of a, you know, a, a wannabe Garth, but uh, you still got to love the A for, I always thought, a for I always effort. He wanted to be more of like a, a, an Alan Moore. <laughs> well, he's failing miserably. He might better stick to emulating Garth because he ain't going to get to, he's not going to get to Alan Moore anytime soon. <laughs> no, he's like, I couldn't put Nicholson. I couldn't put the Joker in a Marilyn Monroe dress <laughs> on the cover of that book because Warner Brothers said people would think Nicholson was a cross-dresser if I did that. Oh, very nice, man. How, how have we not been... That's very good, very good. How have I not been nice. getting... Uh, yeah, Jesus. We need to have you... You're doing nothing but Cassidy for the next two episodes, Pat. Now you're locked in there. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that might rival uh, hair metal heroes' accents. So well done. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta work on my Cassidy. I, I listened to that long interview with Grant Morrison and Kevin Smith all about uh-huh. where he came up with that stuff. So. <laughs> nice. Ah, oh, so Hughes, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, you guys uh, been enjoying the the whole season as much as we have and everything. I have. I, I can honestly say I, I look forward to those episodes uh, more than some of the other shows that have been on lately. Yeah. Uh, and it, because of this last episode and how things have been moving, I now really am motivated to get the comics and read them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It, it, you know, the thing was, I thought about it once or twice before, but I always said, nah, I don't want to do I definitely don't want to do it now. I'd rather wait until the show is done, and maybe I'll look at it. But now I'm definitely, definitely going to have to read read the books. Yeah, they're peppering a lot of nice references in this season. I started reading it again just before like this season started. Pat, mute a little or back off on your mic or something, man. I'm nothing but breathing. But then I'm I kind of sorry. I I sent him a video of two teddy bears going after it. Oh, That's why he's figures. Jesus, man. Keep, keep the, you know, I, I I haven't looked at that yet. I ever see two girls in a cup show up in this fucking chat window. Yikes. You guys are done. I'm disowning y'all. Uh, <laughs> no goatsies either, please. <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, yeah. So then I I just stopped reading it after about I don't know ten ish issues, and I'm just like you know it's just. Instead of me reading this first and then trying to find the Easter eggs, I'll just let it flow and, and then go back eventually. But um, I've been reading a little bit of like the Preacher Wiki, and you know, because I, I had to check who the cannibals were and the Chup brothers were. It said that scene was was pretty much ripped right out of the comics. Um, still haven't checked and see if the uh, the detective we lost last week was was Paul Br- Paul Bridges and John Toole were the the sexual detectives. Um, but, uh, and, and tool is like seen as a super cop, you know? So I, I have a feeling that was definitely a reference there too. But, um, so yeah, well done. I mean, 
I I know how they're going to wrap things up. We're pretty pretty certain if it if it goes by the comics, but uh, you guys should be pretty happy with the resolution. Yay! It's good seeing yeah. the old uh, characters like Fiora too. I, I guess I couldn't. Who was the other angel? Fiora and oh man, Dick I don't Grode remember the other. Name. I don't remember his name. But either, he got but... like he got killed, killed by the saint. Oh, that's true. Well, let's I see. I thought, it, it, either, I thought yeah. it was Fiora that that got killed. Killed or Fiora was the one. No, the Fiora was the one that kept committing suicide and became like a Vegas lounge act, wasn't he? Or... Yes. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> yeah. he was the one that Cassidy killed with an eight ball. Right. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, because he keeps referencing his speedball days, um, speedball. which is pretty funny. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I'm so going to miss this show when it's gone. <laughs> Me too. Two more episodes. Hopefully the boys will become as good as this. Yeah. It was such a different animal, though. I want to see him do Wormwood next. Somebody fucking optioned Wormwood. That's some hilarious shit, too. Um, and oh, and it also kidding. has Jesus in it. You just transfer over the guy playing Jesus to that. Well, actually, I think Jesus is might be black and Rastafarian in, in Wormwood, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, never mind. I'm just um, why the last man never happened. I I still keep reading snippets that somebody's still going to do it, but I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's it's you know, yeah, it's apparently you know there must be enough interest in it that, that someone keeps kicking it around a boardroom and being like, let's do this. It gets oh, greenlit and then on turn back on. Line. Right, but I mean, I guess I mean he's. It was originally going to be another Brian Fuller thing, I think, wasn't it, Pat? Uh, no, thank you on Brian Fuller. I'm sorry. Well, and the guy can't seem to stick out a, a, the show he starts, so that kind of sucks, but I do love his work. <laughs> you know? I didn't. I, I was disappointed with Hannibal. Oh, I wasn't, man. I'm I'm, I'm dying. Thomas DJ is going to eventually start covering that, and I, I told him I need a spot at the table for a couple episodes because I loved it, and I'm... I'm someone who is very skeptical about it because I'm like, you know, hardcore Anthony Hopkins or die, you know. Um, but I, it won me over pretty quickly. So I don't know. I but for the same the... reasons this one does, that it just went farther than you thought a show ever could go on television to, you know. You know, we're, we're still from, I'm old enough to remember, like, when the Brady Bunch couldn't have, you know, Carolyn and, uh, the dad's name the fuck was the mike. dad's name mike, mike you know sleep in the same bed together or whatever it was because well, mike didn't want to well that's <laughs> right i know but you know we weren't supposed to believe that at home <laughs> we weren't supposed to think that about mr brady at home <laughs> um but yeah so i'm still just in awe about what they can he, get away with he was with too busy any... with the second darren yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> oh i did not need that image in my head <laughs> so uh yeah I, I i got nothing more to say although i keep talking so someone else should say something uh, well you know i really enjoy the whole just all of preacher really even when it first started i i just can't believe it's about to be over so i'm like man what are they going to put in its place so I'll be looking forward to watching Happy for sure, just because Preacher will be over. I don't know where I'm going to get my religious, you know, irreverence after this. I mean, you know, good, good omens. Well, Good Omens is probably coming back for some kind of second season too. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't, I I don't know why or what you could do with that, yeah. but, oh. you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Umbrella Academy Season 2. Yeah, me too. We really enjoyed that as well. Um, I still haven't seen any of that one. It's pretty good. I binged Unbelievable over the last two days, and that was quite good. Really? No, isn't yeah. uh, wasn't uh, Umbrella Academy? That wasn't a Morrison thing, too, was it? No, no, no. It's an independent comic. Okay, but I like Ellen Page quite a bit. I don't know why I haven't. She's good, and you know, she's she's basically an X Man again, which is cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, with you know, kind of a, a little little stranger take on on that kind of thing, but um, yeah. Still a lot of good TV out there. I wish we could cover all of it, man, because Happy would be worth doing on this show and be all kinds of the good things to be done that on would. this show. That would. Cloak and Dagger is really worth talking yeah. about. Yeah. What, what did you guys think of The Boys? Uh, we loved it. We've, we've, yeah, we've, we've yet to I, finish it's, it's our podcasts on. on it, but you're invited back for the second half of that one, too, uh, Brian, mm. so get caught up on it. Um, all right. Which we'll get around to eventually. You know, Brian also had a really good um, idea, which I I probably shouldn't pimp on here because it probably mean I'll never accomplish it. But um, we would like to do some kind of like roundtable on all the Star Art Star Wars, the Spidey films to date, and just like oh, that would be amazing. It would be, yes. you know, just to, we could all give our rankings and basically and give me an excuse to. I've had this like DVD of um, set of like the first three Spidey movies for the longest time and I've never opened with all the extras and bells and whistles so I give me an excuse to open that anyway and uh, just just to add a, a little ice cream and, and whipped cream on top of that Beth, Chris and I will have a, a little recording of our thoughts on Far From Home like we did for Homecoming okay. oh nice Yeah. so we'll be able to add that onto it like yeah later. sweet sweet by the way that other angel's name was uh, DeBlanc Devon, should have remembered that. Um, but yeah, so we, we still got some stuff coming up for you, even after Preacher goes away. Uh, might not be as frequent as I said. It's it's getting a little harder to schedule people, but I'm also thinking still about doing like a more inclusive merging type project that you know encompasses everything I want to talk about under one roof. Um, given my pension for procrastination, that'll be 10 years from now. So don't even, you know, worry about it yet. Um, <laughs> in, in two years guesting on this network, I've never talked about a comic book with anybody once. Oh, damn. Well, we, yeah. we definitely oh. need to get that done too. Well, it took me like five years to beg my way onto a back to the bins, man. So don't feel bad, you know. Well, Paul's having me on uh, the other show, uh, Is It Jaws? We're going to have oh, nice. in space. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I'm, I'm recording Is It Jaws tomorrow night with Paul. Nice. Right. What are you guys doing? Duel. Oh, nice. Oh, good okay. movie. Yes. Yeah. I need to buy that. It, it's on Prime. Which is Jewel, which Perfect. is Jaws, essentially. So yes. I guess it would be Jaws. Or I, expected, <laughs> uh, I expect it's Jaws for both of you. Spoilers. I've got... Um, I admit nothing. <laughs> uh, let, I use Letterbox, and they, you know, stat how many movies with an individual actor you've seen in the past year. And since Albert Finney died, oh, I've watched man. eight of his movies. Gotten around to Looker yet? Looker? Wolfen? Yeah, I watched Wolfen. Okay. I've got... Uh, over Manhattan. 
Night, uh, Night Must Fall is waiting for me at the library, which I've never seen before. But that Duel is another Albert Finney yeah. movie. What? Wait. I don't know that we're talking the same movie. Oh, I was thinking of The Duelists. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking something else. But I'm talking yes. Dennis Weaver. Yes, the cars that they yeah. stole the uh, the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Yeah, I guess I should have wondered about uh, Albert yeah, Finney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't talk yeah. about that because that, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And there, there was a, there was another another thing I'm going to put in the chat so that uh, you, the the listeners don't hear this. But uh, okay. uh, there was a really really cool factoid. Well, let me wrap this up before all done and <laughs> talk about it. You know, verbally. good. Say goodbye. Say goodnight. Say goodnight, Gracie. Gracie. So that's weekly heroics, uh, preacher cast, and we'll be back for two more. And I'm hoping at least. Uh, well, depending on who is on the next one, I'd like to get as many people on for the the very last one as we can, including you, Hair Metal Hero. Doesn't listen to these probably, but I know you're not going to get caught up in time. But we really, really miss you, dude. But we'll be back next week. I know. Bye bye. You scream like a panther in the middle of the night. Saddled his pony He went for a ride It was a time of the preacher In the year of 01 Now the preaching is over And the lesson's begun